0: This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Master Jason Campbell.
1: This is important. I've been looking forward to this. This is fun to talk to, uh, talk to musicians. It's fun because we're all kind of connected in that way. We're all a little bit nuts. We all had, you know, some profound musical experience as a kid. That's what it was. There was something that moved us to tears. And that's also the interesting thing about why... How does sound make you cry? Because if you get a hundred people in a room, you know, one song or one thing, or one movement's gonna make a couple cry, but not the other one. Then then another song is gonna make other people. There's no one consistent thing. Researchers have really tried to figure this. What brings that out in sound? And it's different for everyone because, you know, music is vibration, as we know, but we're just big bags of vibration also. And so when you have the vibration of the music, vibrates with us, then then we're moved. And that's also one of the reasons is, see, we listen to music as a kid. Usually it's some type of rock music, or or I say rock, it's pop, usually some type of popular popular music we listen to. And the reason it moved us is because we were vibrating. Like at that time of our life, that music spoke to us, just something about it, just touched the lyric, the sound, whatever it was. And then you become an adult and you still like that music. However, if you heard that music cold, like without a childhood reference, you probably wouldn't like it. It probably wouldn't move you because you're vibrating different. and It would be a different type of sound than something else that you would do. But, but the sound, um, you know, kind of brings you back.
0: You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Master Jason Campbell. If you missed part one last week, definitely check that out so you get a nice foundation for what we're talking about in this week's episode because we dive in deeper into Zen wellness teachings, um, some music techniques, and meditation practices, relaxation techniques we can use in our sessions. And perhaps one of the the most profound things from this conversation is that um, a lot of techniques that I have learned or use already in my sessions, Master Campbell recited as things to use in sessions. So it's just really nice and validating to know that what we're doing are techniques that are also used by actual meditation practitioners um, and teachers like Master Campbell. So So I hope you learn a lot from this conversation and also last week's conversation. If you're enjoying the show and want to show your support, you can do so by subscribing so you never miss an episode. Please consider leaving us a rating and review. Those help so much. Your kind words are very much appreciated. And those reviews really help the show be more visible to people looking for this type of content. If you want to stay up to date on things that are going on behind the scenes, as well as upcoming guests, you can follow us on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles and jump on our newsletter over at musictherapychronicles.com. And if you see an upcoming guest that you have some questions for, you can ask them your questions by becoming a patron over on patreon.com slash music therapy chronicles. I post over there whenever I schedule a guest interview, and then you can ask whatever questions you might have. But for now, let's get into this conversation with Master Campbell.
1: I've been looking forward to this this is oh. fun to talk to thank you uh, talk to musicians yeah it's fun because they're all kind of connected in that way we're all a little bit nuts we all had <laughs> you know some profound musical experience as a kid that's what it was there was something that moved us to tears and that's also the interesting thing about why how does sound make you cry because yeah. if you get a 100 people in a room you know, one song or one thing or one movement is going to make a couple cry, but not the other one. Then, then another song is going to make other people. There's no one consistent thing. Researchers have really tried to figure this. What brings that out in sound? And it's different for everyone because, you know, music is vibration, as we know, but we're just big bags of vibration also. And so when you have the vibration of the music vibrates with us, then, then we're moved. And that's also one of the reasons is, See, we listened to music as a kid, usually some type of rock music or or I say rock, pop, (laughs) usually some type of popular, popular music we listen to. And the reason it moved us is because we were vibrating with it. Like at that time of our life, that music spoke to us and it just something about it just touched the lyric, the sound, whatever it was. And then you become an adult and you still like that music. However, if you heard that music cold, like without a childhood reference, you probably wouldn't like it. It probably wouldn't move you because you're vibrating different. and It would be a different type of sound and something else that you would do. But, but the sound, um, you know, kind of brings you back, you know, sound, sound, and also smell, smell triggers memory yeah. more than any other, any other sense. But then sound kind of brings out the, um, it, you know, just brings out the emotion. And so that's, one of the one of the powerful things so we're all little nuts and then we're even so crazy that we think that we need to do it as a profession and then we think we need to like make a living at it oh my god we're completely nuts and, and it's the same with uh because I, I train a lot of um people in the spiritual world I, I like a lot of yoga teachers and you know in that group and you know martial art teachers and qigong teachers they're just as nuts as the, as the musicians it's a different kind of nuts i'm, I'm even crazier because i do both and so, you know, cause you have this profound experience and then you think you need to do it as a business and then you start working it as a business. And then sometimes you lose the fun, you lose the art because you get so concerned into a business. And, and if you haven't had that experience yet, you know, if you're a pro listening to this, first of all, good for you. Second of all is there's a really good chance you will. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that's okay. That's natural. Because when you're, you know, when something becomes a profession, sometimes it loses the mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, it loses some of that mystery. And then you get annoyed with all the things around the profession. So if you have that, have had that experience, maybe you're in that right now, that's totally natural and, and that's okay to do it. And, and half the, you know, uh, like like half the issue of changing it is just seeing it and also seeing that that's just part of the arc. That's, Mm. you know, part of the curve, you know, it's like, Hey, I I love music. Now I want to make a living in doing music and oh my God, now I'm out. You know trying to do hawk you know sound for money
0: yeah That's what
1: i'm trying to do I'm trying to turn sound <laughs> into money <laughs> oh. or, and it's a different vibration than just making sound for sound
0: yeah
1: and i don't see a judgment one's not better than the other it's just it's two different two two different things but when the goal is sound into money there's a different you know there's a different energy than hey i have a day gig and i don't care about the money i'm just gonna make sound for sound And again i'm not saying one is better than the other or or no good or bad everyone you just got to find what works for you the only only thing that matters is what is the best situation for you What i was talking about earlier like be the best version of you and set yourself up you know what's the best way that you can set yourself up
0: yeah um as a profession we often talk about the need to make music in our own self-care And how a lot of us have difficulty Mm. making music as self-care because we're doing it all day, every day, or we're expanding our repertoire to use it clinically. Uh, And what you talked about earlier about the inferiority complex and all of that comes into play and makes it difficult to pick up our instrument to do it for ourselves. And so it's good to know, uh, not that I wish this upon anyone, but it's good to know other people experience that in the music fields too. (laughs) It's not just us. And there's
1: there's like a paralysis through analysis. Yeah. That's the other
0: thing. Yeah, sometimes,
1: you know, and I, I know some musicians that, you know, if you spend a lot of time like studying a lot of music and you, if, you, if you can play a lot of music, oh, here, I can play this song and this song and you know, every song and you know, every chord and you know, all that sometimes it becomes hard to write your own stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you, get, you get paralysis through analysis. And so my suggestion is, is for the solution. This is one of the hardest things, but if you can drop the judgment, drop the this is good, this is bad, this is complex, this is simple, because we're also, as craftsmen and craftswomen, we tend to think that more complex is good and more simple is bad. Or sometimes there could be even a snobbery of, like, oh, this is a technology and this is not technology. Nonsense. The moment I take two sticks and bang them together, that's music technology. Yes. (laughs) Okay, two rocks is music technology. It is. Now, you can say if something is acoustic or something's electronic, fine, but it's it's tech technolo- everything we're doing is tech you know is technology and so all it is it's it's a vibration and what's the best vibration for the moment you know i'm, I'm doing this i'm doing a project right now i'm scoring a, a it's for a vr and, and only recently have i only in the last like I don't know, three months four months maybe have i agreed to do any music outside of my own like i kind of i have my own i i got out of myself, like, like what I needed, what I needed to do. And, you know, with all of this and that's in process. And I said, okay, I'm going to open myself up to, to do other projects. One of the projects is a VR. It's really cool. It's with sacred geometry. It'll, it'll come out next year. It's this, you know, it's this whole thing. And, and what I said, um, you know, to the, to the creator, because now I'm, I'm translating the sacred shapes and the geometry into sound. And, but then, then it's very technical. Like it's like scoring a film. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a very, very technical component, component to it. And I said to him, it's like the Michelangelo. When Michelangelo would do a statue, it was a big block. And in his mind was, I'm not writing anything, I'm removing everything that's not the statue. I'm not mm-hmm. making a statue, I'm removing what isn't there. Again, it's the, you know, uh, the absence of red concept. And that's even what I said to him. It's like I, I walked into this VR room and I could see it and I could see what he's doing. And I, you know, I listened to the architect and how he's doing it. And so, okay, so my job becomes to create the sound. Like, what does this sound like? What does this room sound like? And so I take the approach of the sound already exists. Mm. Like the perfect sound in this room is already there. My job is just to find it. I'm really not writing anything. Sure, I get composer credits, you know, and I get composer pay and everything, you know, all that. So (laughs) let's be practical. But all I'm doing is removing everything that's not the sound and to find the sound. And so I had to find, and I'm not done with this project. So I haven't found the sound. It's like I'm making the sculptor and I've chipped away. I see a hand sticking out, <laughs> you know, of the sculpture. And that's as far as I've gotten. If you look at like some of the Michelangelo unfinished uh, <laughs> sculpture, kind of where I'm at, not, I'm actually not even that far. I don't even know what the body looks like. It hasn't revealed itself, mm. but I'm not writing anything I'm allowing it to reveal itself. Okay. So why do I say that? Think of it that way and also drop the complex, good, bad, oh, this is too simple. This is a one, four, five chord. This is, I'm just gonna strum off this one chord. Oh, it's so simple. It's so basic. I could have done this in ninth grade. Stop it. Stop that, that judging. That's the, that's the teacher. That's, the, infi- mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the, the, the fact that you've been trained. That's the yes. training. And so, so sometimes training's your best friend. Sometimes it's your worst enemy. You gotta know when to shut the hell up and just experience a sound experience a vibration, you can like hit a gong and just listen to one gong hit and then listen to the gong dissolve into nothing. And that can be a profound spiritual experience. And if you can actually screw it up with too much stuff and screw it up with too much sound and because, oh, I'm so cool. I'm a musician and I know so much and I need to change this chord and change this. You know, that's kind of our, some of our danger of knowing too much.
0: So true. So
1: in terms of your own process, hey, be the best you. Like, there's only one thing that you can be the best at, and that's the best you.
0: Uh, You're making me think of um, specifically one client I work with, and even this morning, uh, similar to walk into the space, not right now because COVID, but, you know, what is the sound? And luckily for me, this client vocalizes, so I have something to go with, Mm -hmm. but her vocalizations are very similar. They're very repetitive. But no matter what I play on the guitar, she makes it work. And then that challenges me to fit that into the music. And mm. yeah, like I might be Got hearing it. something one way or expecting, you know, an improv to go a certain way or even a song. And her repeating her musical phrase over and over is is just that. It's just creating the body for me. You know, it's it's pulling out all this music that I... I couldn't have done on my own without her challenging me in that way, but also reminding me to keep it simple because she can make that one phrase sound different in so many different ways based on how I'm accompanying her. So, right.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's also because we we get into so much, you know, simple, complex, difficult, easy, Mm. you know, stuff. Well, okay. Simple, simple only exists with complex. Mm. If everything were simple, it wouldn't be simple. So it's kind of like hot and cold. Cold needs hot to exist. If everything were hot, it would no longer be hot. If everything was blue, it would no longer be blue. So we need contrast. And so, you know, in one way, uh, you know, I I say this half joking, but it's actually kind of true. I can't even tell the difference between difficult and easy anymore. Mm. I don't even know what that is. What is it with something, oh, this is difficult and this is easy. What does that even mean? Compared to what? Compared to the last thing? I guess so, but there's always something, oh, this is so difficult. This is so hard. Well, there's always something harder. So compared to that, it's easy. Mm. Oh, this is so easy. Well, there's always something easier. So compared to that, it's hard. So what does it even mean? Difficult, easy. You know, and then you can even say with sound, oh, this is complex and this is, you know, simple. Okay. I mean, maybe, and we're all craftsmen and craftswomen, and we can maybe agree upon that. And oh, that's just one note. That's just a fifth. Oh, okay. But who cares? Like you yeah. l- l- like you 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 drop it. And that's why sometimes, you know, the training can work against you. That you know so much, and it's hard just to go back to one sound, one temple bell. Can you imagine if they tried to jazz up the temple
0: bell? It wouldn't work. Like playing all the chimes at the same time. Yeah,
1: just (laughs) no, you need that one simple note. So again, you go back to it's just, it's sound and it's vibration Mm. is what it is. So it's like, as a sound therapist, you are a master of vibration. And you're a master of connecting a vibration with a person, which is usually, you know, an emotion we can say, or in connecting it to bring it into balance, to bring it into harmony, to, Mm -hmm. or to, you know, sometimes, I mean, you can't maybe do that permanently, but to, to help, help remove suffering, ah, tying into the back of our conversation now. And so just think you're a master of vibration.
0: Yeah. Lovely. Do you have anything else you want to add to this awesome conversation before we do the rapid fire
1: let's just let's get into the rapid fire shall we
0: all right the questions are short your answers don't have to be the first one is coffee or tea coffee Ah. but i I love
1: i I like tea i make big things of tea also but i always love coffee it's the um the simplicity of a bean and water Ah. there's something beautiful uh about that but coffee doesn't work for everyone True. It works for me. I think it's genetically. <laughs> I'm, I'm, as a kid, I like the smell. I like everything about it, but I guess I'm into tea as well, but I definitely drink more coffee than tea.
0: I really expected you to say tea. So that's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have, a big, I have big things of, I mean, I put together my own tea, so I have all these herbs and everything, but I think, I think it's genetic. Yeah. A bean and water. <laughs> I just, I love it.
0: Perfect. Early bird or night owl? Both. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Something you'd tell your younger self.
1: Ooh. Uh, You know what? I would tell the younger musician the same thing I had to tell myself in my 40s. I would have told it to myself in my teens, but I probably wouldn't have listened. (laughs) Somebody might have told that to me also, and I didn't listen, apparently. (laughs) About be the best version of you. That's all you have to do is be the best version of you.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, so usually I ask people what their music therapy elevator speech is, but I'm curious and there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. What do you think music therapy is? And this helps us as music therapists understand people's perception and therefore advocate better. So you're
1: helping us. Okay. By this. Well here I'll use my, my Zen piano brand. Yeah. It's very simple. The space in the music creates space in your head. Mm. Let the space in the music create space in your head. And listen to the silence. That's what it is. It's about space. Because if we, okay, so I'm a visual. We're looking at each other. I know everyone can't hear, but I have a snow globe in my head. I'm going to take the snow globe and I'm going to shake up the snow globe, shake, shake, shake. Oh, the snow globe is turbid. Well, that's the thoughts. That's all the head. That's the blah, 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 blah that goes on in the head. It's estimated we have between 60,000 and 100,000 thoughts a day. 99% of them are the same thoughts we had yesterday. Mm. So when I put the snow globe down, and I make the snow globe still, the turbidity settles. Ah, and then we have clarity. And so how you get to that point kind of doesn't matter. You can get there through sound. You can get there through breath. You can get there through movement. You can get there through trauma. Sometimes you have a traumatic experience, and you have a total Zen experience through trauma. Mm. Okay, I was 19 years old, and I said to my martial art instructor, I said, what's Zen? He sidekicked me. I mean, like hard, like through the wall, he saw, I mean, I went flying throughout the practice room, and he smiled at me and he left uh, and I was like, wow, that was actually kind of a, he, he didn't tell me what Zen was. He gave me a Zen experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Now it came through pain and it came through being sidekicked and flying through the room.
0: Probably shouldn't try that if someone asks me what Zen is, but
1: well, you know, a different time period, this is in the eighties. Okay. So we could, you, did, you did that stuff in the eighties. I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that now. When, right. When somebody asks me what Zen, I usually don't sidekick them. That's not my <laughs> mojo. But in that moment of flying throughout the, you know, the, the dojo, and I, there was no past, there was no future. I was totally present. Mm. So it was a beautiful answer. And that's actually, a, that there's many historical, I, I read years later that other teachers had done that to other students. I was the first one to experience it, that, that that's actually a thing. Wonderful. That the martial art master would, you know, hit the person in the stick to explain what Zen is. To put them in the now <laughs> because they weren't in the now and so that was a great you know a great entry point to zen i don't recommend that as a regular thing but <laughs> it put me in the moment and it was a more powerful teaching than if he used words mm. for me so some you know sometimes we have to bypass words w- words words can be very yes. clumsy and hard i mean how many times do you have a misunderstanding because of words mm. and so you know, a lot of, a lot of times so- sound can bypass words, you know, sound and breath breath that we do at Zen wellness, breath, breath, movement and in, in, in intention. And I'll, I'll say one other thing, a little tangent here. I didn't even talk about this. There's another project I'm doing. We, we have two albums finished. We haven't released it and it's called new opera. And what, we're, what we did is we're, we're flipping opera on its head. Mm. Because traditional opera is an external drama that expands. So as opposed to an external drama, let's look at your internal drama. And instead of expanding, let's dissolve your internal drama through deep listening. Mm. So as opposed to opera, we called it new opera. And what I did is I took Vedic mantra and I scored all this you know, Vedic mantra to, I have a beautiful singer, her name is you know, I, I was writing her six part harmonies and she would record all of, all of them and send it back. We, we did it, we did this actually all through the pandemic. We wrote two albums together. Wow. Barely meeting each other. We met once for a photo session. But it was like a, this long distance thing, and you know we came up with I, I, it's some of my favorite work that I've, that I've done. Uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, stuff. Her, her voice is just is just magic and magical. Um, and that that's coming. So that's like a flipping, a, a flipping on its head of what we think of as opera. And the songs are short. The first album, all the songs were five minutes. The second album, all the songs were just three minutes. Mm. So as opposed to a long, it's you know everything is is short. So it's everything is the opposite.
0: Yeah. I want to go back real quick because you were um, touching on nonverbal communication and we we talk about that all the time and the importance, especially when working with children, because there's some crazy statistic that children, the verbal communication they receive is like 75 or 80% directives all day, every day, you know, always being told. So um, yeah, Yeah. nonverbal communication, so imperative. All right. So,
1: well, I, 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 you know, something like only 80% or, or excuse me, 15, 20% of communication is in the actual word. Yep. And then everything else is in the tone of the word, the sound of the word. And then of course the visual of mm-hmm. how it's, you know, explained.
0: Yeah. All right. Your favorite self-care practice.
1: Oh, is it, meditation. meditation. I, I do a lot of meditation, but also I, uh, you know, I, I like spending time in the mountains. I run up and down a mountain. All the time so that's that's fun for me and that also it's like if i'm working on a draft i listen to it as i walk up the mountain and listen to it as i come down and so then i get all the you know different ideas uh, Mm. for it and what i like and what i don't like and it just gets really really clear i like to get out of the studio Mm. Uh, that's another thing actually you know what if you're doing a lot of sound when you're in a studio whether professional studio amateur studio whatever your ears get used to the acoustics Mm-hmm. They get used to the bounce, they get used to the vibe, and it's very, very important, especially if you're mixing, to get out of the studio, yeah, just get out and go to something where it's a different acoustical experience for your ears and your ears reset.
0: Yeah. And then you
1: can come back in and because ear fatigue and hearing fatigue is a real thing where you just stop hearing anything anymore. You know, if you're like really knee deep into something, and then, you know, then if any of you are listening, if you do any of your own mixing or any of your own engineering, you might have something where you, you know, you do, you work for three hours and something and then the next day you listen to it and it's worse than it yeah. before. <laughs> That's happened to me more than once.
0: <laughs> oh, I can go you got to that. know
1: and it's like, okay, I'm done. I, I lost, I, I can't hear anything anymore. Get out, go hear something else. And so I like to go outdoors. It just resets, it resets everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you, you probably have, but, um, forest bathing, Stuff about forest bathing, the Japanese tradition.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. You, you know what that is? I mean, basically that's, okay. Oh, but it was these can of worms. Okay, we have, <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a saying that mankind divides heaven and earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very old saying, you know, Divide humans, divide, you divide heaven and earth. And so we all know where earth begins, right? Earth begins at your feet. But then there's the Taoist riddle of where does heaven be? we can say hey it's that third cloud to the right the guy playing the trumpet okay that's one viewpoint the other viewpoint is it begins right on your seventh chakra which is on the top of your head mm-hmm. and so we're actually literally we stand between heaven and earth so we pull up earth energy and we pull down like you know, we can call heaven but it's a weird name because there's other connotations of that just energy from above so we pull up energy from below the color is yellow and then we pull down energy from above and usually that color is kind of a white or a purple of, of, of that energy. And so you need both. And it's one of the reasons an astronaut learned, lo- loses a tremendous amount of bone density because you're not connected into the earth because we're, whether you like it, you know it or not, usually it's not conscious, but we're constantly pulling up energy. It's actually, there's a, the point right in the middle of your foot, it's a kidney point. It's called K1 if you get technical and that's where we pull up you know up the energy. So when you're in an environment, like in something in nature, naturally you just do that, even whether, whether you're conscious of it or not, because here's what also happens is that when the only mankind can draw a straight line, nothing in nature is a straight line. And if you're in a situation like a big city and you look around and everything is straight, it creates internal chaos. Mm. If you're looking around and everything is chaos, like a forest or a nature, it's chaos. If you look at it internally it's much easier to have everything be straight and that's why rarely does a sage go to the city to accomplish enlightenment very rarely and I like cities there's not nothing I'm not a judgment on city if you live in a city great you live in a city I've lived in cities and I've loved cities but usually but it's harder to have internal tranquility in a city there's no doubt about that so that's, I recommend do something where you're around chaos which is nature I don't mean around chaos like a chaotic family member I don't mean that <laughs> you get you get plenty of that you're around nature of nothing is in a, a straight line because there's also a correlation with the, the nature and the sound nature has a sound everything has a sound because you know our ears pick up from about you know 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz you know and as we get older it starts to drop down like dogs can hear up to 50,000 hertz that's why there's a dog whistle and te- you know as you know uh, teenagers actually can hear higher I can remember 20 years ago, there was like shopping malls that had too many teenagers in. So they would play this really, really high annoying pitch that us adults couldn't hear, but only the teenagers could to get rid of the teenagers. Isn't that a funny, <laughs> funny concept? I don't even know that's legal, but I remember- Probably reading, not anymore. I know, re- re- reading about that because that's where you know the frequency is. Yeah. But however, there's many frequencies below and above,
0: you mm-hmm. know,
1: because if we say, if you remember, I don't know if you ever said this as a kid, When a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? And it was a mind bender. Well, that's an obvious answer. And the answer is no, it makes a vibration. In order to make a sound, there has to be something to hear it or a surrogate, like a recording device can turn the vibration into a sound and then we can listen Mm -hmm. or our ears do it. But until there's a perception, there's no sound, it's vibration. Yeah. It's a difference.
0: Yeah. Good tangent. Good tangent. All right. The next question This conversation
1: is not a straight line. (laughs) No, no,
0: it's not. That's okay though. We're like, we're swirling and turning and it's all good. The next question is something that is currently adding value to your life.
1: Oh, I have so many things, you know, I'm going to say relationships Hmm. that add value. And and, in this moment, this conversation.
0: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that.
1: Because we're connecting. And the listener is listening. Let's see if you can gain one thing and have one aha and one takeaway. And, and my challenge is the listener is take one little thing, one little perception from this because there's so many things. And, and this was not a straight line. And I'm, I'm not giving you a list a checklist right now. So you need to find your own aha and be a master, mm. be masterful, and take one little thing and make your world better, make your life better, make your a client better, make your music better, make your sound better. Just one, don't try and do 10 things from this. Let's see if we can do this. And the thing I love about podcasts, it's like an album that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Like a live performance is in that moment. And that's cool. And if you were either there or you weren't there, you have an album, you have something like this, this goes forever. So if you're listening to this right now, and if you made it that far into this conversation, Well, you're ready for this, and there's something that you needed to hear. And obviously, there's something about this that, you know, I think we're, you know, whatever, 70 minutes or 80 minutes into this that you needed to go through and you needed to hear, and it could be 10 years later Mm. after we give this conversation. So there's the old saying, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. And that's very true. So when you're listening, you're listening to this at the exact perfect time that you were meant to, no matter when we recorded it. I agree. And So that's a really, really cool thing.
0: Yes. I, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think those things very often when these recordings are happening that um, whatever the listener needs to hear will be said. You know, whenever a guest gets nervous about yeah. something, like whatever you say is what needs to come out. And that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's allowing because the, 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 if you're, if if we want to do a course and suffer, how to su- suffer more, I don't think I'd get too many people on that course. I Let's don't just think say so. I did. <laughs> we would do three things we would attach judge and resist yeah and that's it yeah you would attach attach to your things attach to the situation but everything is so fluid in, in life that there's impermanence we would resist and those there's only one thing to resist is resist the now resist the now don't be in this moment there's another moment more important. fiddling on your phone or oh, oh, when, when's this going to happen be out of the now mm. resist attach and judge ooh Th- uh, comparison is the thief of joy
0: Yes. Oh, I'm wondering if that'll be the answer to this next question. Usually, <laughs> I ask because it's usually a music therapist I'm talking to. I usually ask what their favorite song or uh, intervention is to use in a session. But I'm gonna ask you what your favorite, like, very common concrete teaching that you give often is. Which one is your favorite to to teach?
1: Well, you know, let's um, let's. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. So <laughs> this, you know, you, you try and match it with what's now, but but let's yeah. even go back to, is you are not your thoughts, mm. you are not your life story, you are not your body, it's the body you live in, it's the thoughts you experience, it's your life st- situation, and where so much where suffering comes from is the uh, Deepak Chopra has a good word for it. What does he call it? The superstition of materialism Hmm. that everything that you see is that's it you can't see it it doesn't exist which is kind of silly because we know from a scientific viewpoint that things exist that you can't see and even things exist you can't even perceive or you you know that you can't even hear so you are not your body it's the body you live in you're actually a little dollop of the eternal or of consciousness, or we can use the God word, or we can use the Tao, the divine. I don't even like to get caught up on words because whatever word you use is wrong.
0: Hmm.
1: Say what? Oh my God. That's the word. God is wrong. Okay. Let's go back. There was this really cool dude. His name is Lao Tzu 2,500 years ago. He wrote this book called the Tao Te Ching. It's 81 passages. And he starts with a symbol called Tao and Tao meaning, tao or dao it it was a character basically meaning universal intelligence universal life god whatever you want to say and he he spoke about how i'm going to totally butcher his words put into my words that you can't describe the infinite with the finite Mm
0: -hmm.
1: god is infinite the universe the divine is infinite we're finite our little puny brains are finite we think we're so smart from one point we are but from one point we're not again you know smart dumb (laughs) compared to what (laughs) you know and you the 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 finite can't describe the infinite and it can't understand it it can experience it it can Mm. feel it but it can't be understood so the moment we use the word he says Tao to to explain that that he said this is the word we're going to use but you have to remember it's it's wrong meaning all this word is like a signpost pointing to something that you look at. Oh, but it's not the signpost. So there's the Buddha saying, it says the finger that points at the moon is not the moon. Mm. Don't look at the finger, look to where it points. And so we have to see that like with words, you know, with the word, you know, the word, the divine, you know, when I did my album, the seven chakras, um, each chakra has an energetic function. Like the first three chakras are elimination, procreation, and survival. Shit, sex, and money are the first three. And then the fourth chakra is emotion and time. The fifth chakra is uh, wisdom. The sixth chakra is spirituality. And the seventh chakra is divinity. Okay, so when it came time for the seventh, when you write about the divine, there's only one true language of the divine. And that's, of course, silence. Mm. So anything you write about it is wrong. So my first draft of the seven chakra was five minutes of silence. My publisher didn't understand that. <laughs> so you forgot to put music in. No, this is my best piece I've ever written. This is my masterpiece. This completely explains the design the divine in every way it's meant to be explained. They they, they didn't buy it, they Uh-oh. didn't take it. I had to write I'd actually write something. I had oh, to write no. music. <laughs> That's like... So the so the seventh chakra on that album. It's music, but it's wrong. I mean, it's a nice, I like the piece and it's a, I think it's a beautiful piece and it worked and everything, but it's, it's wrong. It's not the divine. It, I did my best to point to the divine, but the only way I could have done that was five minutes of, of silence. I, I don't know. I don't know how you collect royalties on that. On <laughs> well, what's that song? Is
0: it four minutes and 22 seconds? Is that the name of the piece that's oh, just is silence. John is it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, just... and he did some stuff with the I Ching. And, you know, and he, he was actually really cool because he brought it into, I mean, I mean, at that time period, they didn't have the understanding of it that we have now. Mm. They just didn't have access to like really, you know, really, you know, understanding the language, but he knew of it and he, you know, like an early adapter and he, you know, started to bring some of it into music. So I, I, I totally love what he did.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, my last question is where can the listeners find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah. Easy way. Go to zenpiano.com. That's an easy one to, to do. If you want to do a, um, we have courses in meditation and you can go to everyonecanmeditate.org and there's actually a bunch of free stuff and a bunch of free resources. I mean, you know, obviously we have paid courses and events and all that, but you can get a lot of stuff. We, we offer a lot of stuff for free, a tremendous amount of stuff hmm. just, to, uh, just to get it out there. So, so Zen Piano and Zen Piano has, you know if you go around in there, you can find everything pretty much in Zen Piano or everyonecanmeditate.org
0: awesome thank you so much thank you for uh teaching me and the listeners for making the time to talk with me today i've taken a lot of your time so i really really appreciate it this was um hey this was a
1: lot of fun trisha thanks for inviting me
0: of course have a wonderful rest of your day and a, a good weekend you as well bye I hope you enjoyed that conversation and learned a lot let me know like Master Campbell said one thing you learned one aha moment one insight you got from this conversation you can let me know I'm really curious head on over to Instagram and find uh, my latest post if you're listening to this right when it comes out but anything that says Master Campbell's name you'll see his picture if uh, you don't follow us on social media I post headshots of the guests uh, specifically on Instagram when episodes come out so you can, you know, get a feel for who you're listening to on the show. But anyway, check out one of his posts and let me know what was your aha moment from this conversation, what's something you learned and that you're going to take with you into your daily life or into your clinical practice. If you're already following us on social media and you're not on our newsletter, please check that out over at musictherapychronicles.com. Again, you can get exclusive content as well as sneak peeks of upcoming guests, and you can ask questions to those guests on patreon.com musictherapychronicles. Another great way to the support the show and to get CMTE credits is by taking one of our pod courses, or previously referred to as... Um, podcast bundle CMTEs you can find those at mtpodcastcollective.com also check out mtpodcastcollective on social media so you stay up to date on those launches we have some awesome collaborations coming up with other podcasters um, and I'm really really excited for those Just a reminder that the episode feedback survey is always at the bottom of the show notes, and you can check that out to send any honest and open feedback about the episode content or the show in general. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts over there. Uh, And if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Our quote this week comes from Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher. To a mind that is still, a whole universe surrenders.